0: Karen has been in the health and wellness industry for over 14 years. Karen's road has had many twists, turns, and speed bumps, but she wouldn't trade it for anything. She is a cancer and divorce survivor, and that might be a whole nother podcast. (laughs) Now, today she helps others find the health and freedom they've been searching for. Karen, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for the warm welcoming, Andrea, and I look forward to our conversation today. Thank you.
0: Well, first of all, tell us where you are calling in from.
1: I am from Ontario, Canada, and uh, the weather here is finally getting nicer. Don't hold my breath yet. <laughs> because we always get one more snow in April, so I'm just enjoying the nice weather while we have it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I live in the country and, and I love it. So it's, a, it's beautiful out here.
0: Oh, very, very nice. All right. Well, let's dive right in. And Karen, tell us about, you know, your cancer journey, when it started, what you were doing at the time. Let's just go straight there.
1: I'm going to go back just a little bit before I sure. found out I had cancer. So I changed my life at the age of 40. And went back to school. I I did not, you know, I got burnt out my last career. So I went back to school and became a massage therapist. Graduated from school in 2007. My business was starting to really take off and building my clients and life was going really well. Well, one day I was just massaging my neck, you you know, just it was sore or whatever, and just started massaging. And I was like, oh, this feels like a little lump. But I didn't think anything of it. I just thought eh, maybe it's a gland, but I thought it was a weird place for a gland. <laughs> but That's me going back to anatomy, right? Where does the gland sit again? Anyway, didn't really actually think anything of it, right? I just thought this is strange. But um, then I went to the doctors, I guess must have been, I don't know, a few months, six months later. I can't remember how much time later, but went to the doctors and just for an annual checkup. And I said, oh, by the way, I said, you know, I have this little lump here. I don't think it's anything and she felt it, she goes, Oh, looks like a lump on your thyroid. So I was like, Oh, okay. What does that mean? Right? <laughs> <laughs> like explain to me, what does a lump on my thyroid mean? So she says, Oh, sometimes people get goiters and she named off a whole bunch of different things that, uh, what lumps could be. So I was like, okay. So she said, let's, mod- we'll keep monitoring it. Um, you know, every couple of months go in for ultrasound and it was fine until one day it changed. And it got a little bigger Hmm. and uh, and I thought, okay. So she said, I want you to go to Princess Margaret and go see this specialist. Well, Princess Margaret Hospital is our cancer hospital in Toronto. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. Yes.
1: So I was like, oh, are you saying I have cancer? And they're like, well, no, no, no. But we just want to check it out. So I was like, oh, okay. So I went and uh, they did a bunch of different tests, the biopsies, all that kind of stuff. And and I was scared because I didn't, you know, also, you know, just I didn't know where this was going to take me. I was also, just to give you a little bit about my health before as well, I was a big smoker, Mm -hmm. right? And every day I was quitting smoking. And uh, every day I lit up a cigarette until one day I change but anyway so um went in for all these different tests nothing nothing came out actually they weren't like nothing was coming out and I remember now I'm still smoking I'm bringing this in for a reason (laughs) right every day quitting smoking every day not uh lighting up sitting in my car one day I'm sorry if I'm kind of flipping back and forth a little bit but I remember sitting in my car one day going like I hadn't smoked for four hours super excited yay me (laughs) Right? <laughs> oh, like trust me. I used to song. roll out of bed, make my tea, and have a cigarette. Right? <laughs> and anyway, and I uh, go in my car, lit up a cigarette, and I look in my rearview mirror and I said, You twit. What would take for you to quit smoking? Mm. Be careful what you put out there into the universe. Right? So I'm right. going through all these tests. Two weeks later, I found out I had cancer. Uh. So that's why I brought that into this story because there is. There is, uh, you know, it does fit in. Right. So I thought, okay, first instincts, what do I need to do to get rid of it? That was the first thing. How do I get this out of my body? Right. Right? So they said, okay, you got to go into surgery. We can remove half your thyroid, but there's a bigger chance it can come back. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want this coming back. You know, and the doctor said, okay, well, you can take the whole thing out and, and live without a thyroid and be on medication the rest of your life. So I thought okay, if this is the best case scenario, then let's go with that. So that's what I did. And so I had the surgery, everything went well. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, we recommend doing radiation. You don't have to do chemo. So I was very grateful for that. Um, but they recommended uh, the radiation. And I read up. I did a little bit of research on it. And there was something that wasn't sitting well with me about this radiation. I don't know what it was. Got instincts. There was just something that kept saying, don't do it. I uh, did a little bit of looking around, spoke to um, uh, uh endocrinologist. And the one doctor I saw, she didn't convince me that this was a good idea. She says, oh, there's not, you know, a high percentage of people that do well on it. But, you know, and then I said, would you do it? And she's like, well, I can't really answer that.
0: (laughs) They hate to answer that question. Right?
1: (laughs) Right? So I was like, hmm, read between the lines here, right? This is, again, I go with my gut instincts a lot of times, most of the time. I spoke to my cousin who's a a retired oncologist in the US. Oh, And I said, I said, Uncle Paul, what do you, what do you recommend I do? And he said, don't, don't do the radiation. There's not a higher, high enough. Percentage to say it does something other than possibly give you cancer down the road. So for me, and this was my choice, my family didn't love it, but this was my choice of saying, you know what, I'm not convinced that this is the best thing for me. And so I chose to not. I got a lot of grief from my family and a lot of grief from other people, but this is my life, not theirs. So I chose to not. And then I guess a few months later, I thought, okay, maybe this is a good time. And I quit smoking. So, just so you know, I quit smoking. For I forgot to tell you that. Um, I quit smoking because I thought, okay, this is my wake up call. This is time for me to, okay, maybe need to stop eating fast food all the time, maybe stop smoking, and maybe just look after myself. So, I went on a journey and um, I saw a nutrition, a dietitian, but I was having like these different symptoms in my body and something again, didn't sit right. So I met this holistic nutritionist who said, you can heal your body from the insight through nutrition and bring down inflammation. So then I started learning more about inflammation and how our body works and all that I dove into that more. went back to school. And then that's how that's sort of my story along that just time to look after myself and, and work on that then I dive, dove deeper into getting into um, healing on an emotional level, right? right. We get these stuck emotions, which I believe are, are linked to disease in our body.
0: So did the cancer come back? Have you been cancer free ever since?
1: I've been cancer free. Thank you, universe. Uh, I've been cancer free for well 10 what 10 11 years what are we 2001 or 21 so <laughs> 11, 11, they all blend into one another right so for 11 years now wow actually i want
0: to go back to your family for a second because yes. you I, I do see sometimes it really depends on the person and their family but i do see sometimes often that patients will make decisions not because they want to because that's what their family wants um, whether it's to continue treatment or, you know, in, in your case, your family really wanted you to do the radiation. So who were those people and how did you stand up to them?
1: My it was my parents and my siblings. Right. So the and and I get their concern, right? Sure. But for me, I had to just go, this is my life and my decision. I don't know where I found that strength to stick up for them because I'm the baby of four and I never had the strength to stick up for myself before so just somewhere along the, i don't know i guess i guess it was just my strong spirit something uh i am on a spiritual journey so i'm gonna go with that but um yeah i think i just found the strength that just went this is my life and i think with my cousin as well who said that he carries a lot of leverage so if it's like oh well if paul says that then it must be okay right so and that's what I stuck with. And then they left me alone. And I guess it was just putting up a boundary like this is me and my life.
0: Now, were you married at this time?
1: Uh, I was married. Yes, I was married at that time.
0: And how did your spouse feel about it?
1: He never really showed. That could be a whole other conversation. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what Pandora's yeah. box did I just open?
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he just said, do what you got to do, really, at the end of the day, right? So, I mean, he didn't. He didn't know how to really be supportive. He just, here, do what you need. Tell me what I got to do. And that was it. But um, yeah, he never never questioned it at all. So, and I and I think for me, because I've been on a deeper healing journey, I think there's probably still deeper emotions to heal around that. Um, you know, maybe there might be some grief to deal with, you know, to to heal and stuff like that. Um, I just kind of went, okay, I got cancer. What do I got to do to get rid of it? And let's move on. So push, push the deeper emotions aside, right? Let's just bury that and keep going, which not always is a great thing either. Right. So,
0: well, you said something earlier, maybe before I hit record, but I think I hit hit record and, you know, about the emotions, right. That need to be healed. And what i find very interesting from what you've told me so far is in in yoga you know the the chakras and everything well the fifth chakra is right here at our throat right where the thyroid is and that's and the verb if you will for that chakra is speak so how interesting is it that you just said the first time you really stood up for yourself was in Mm -hmm. this moment
1: yeah yeah and when i went back to nutrition school um I remember they were saying, you know, we talked about different cancers and how uh, they believe that it's stuck emotions. Right. Meaning this is your, you know, with thyroid, anything to do with the neck is your voice not being heard and you not speaking your truth.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And that so hit home with me. I was like, oh, my gosh, that is me. It made complete sense. And and I have always had this curiosity of many people have different cancers why is it that's the weak link in that person right right why is it not the same for everybody who gets it so the I, I believe there's a stuck emotion there somewhere, you know, speaking your truth, self love, self worth, you know, what are you holding on to? What are you not letting go? You know, that kind of thing, right? I mean, I could dive deeper into that. But that's, that's my belief around it.
0: Well, there's a lot of that in Chinese medicine, too, that they yeah. there are five very specific organs, and they feel like they're all connected to very specific things. Wow. Well, tell me, since that time, what has changed for you? Let's say the first like couple of years after your diagnosis, what changed? You mentioned going back to school. What else?
1: Yeah, I went back to school, became a holistic nutrition, and life actually threw me another curveball. <laughs> you know, I reached I reached a milestone birthday, right? Five years ago, and I remember thinking, you know, where has life gone? Like, what am I doing, and how do I want to live the second part? And life threw me another curveball, and I became single. And I know we can have a whole other conversation on, on that, and but we'll stick to the topic today. But, <laughs> but, it, but it's got me on my journey, right? It's got me on that he, deep healing journey. So I um, got involved in a network marketing business where it was all healthcare experts. And I started learning more about health and wellness and about some of the deeper stuff and more science. Now, I'm not a science person. But... I love to learn about health and started learning about mind body spirit and and just started diving into that and when i split up with my husband i felt like because i was afraid of getting cancer again Hmm. i had a lot of constipation i had a lot you know what am i hanging on to or not letting go right so i had a lot of constipation and i wasn't feeling really all that healthy at that time and i was afraid of getting sick again and i thought i can't do this and I, i I am sure I put it out into the universe saying, you know, like somebody send me something. Right. And that's actually when the network marketing business showed up and, and I became friends with one of the leaders and she's like, and she kind of was living vicariously through me because I did leave my husband and stuff. And she wanted to leave her partner. (laughs) But at that point, but at that, but it's funny how things work, right? Like I really do believe we track these people in. Right. And I, and me, I was a sponge. I'm like, okay. I decided in 2018, I was going on a healing journey and go find Karen because I felt really lost and and I knew I didn't want to get cancer again. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what this means. I don't know what this is going to look like. And then my this person who I became friends with sort of guided me here, go listen to this person on YouTube. Go listen to this. Go learn about that. I was a sponge, like just somebody helped guide me in the right direction. So I just started diving deeper and understanding more about the words we say how powerful our words are you know learning about self-love and self-worth and you know i'm still working on that myself right like on a deeper level right and and we really are what we eat so i want to help educate people as well around that so yeah so that's kind of where i started just diving deeper right like where does where does disease come from much inflammation in our body our mind or you know so much so much I believe anyway
0: you have to really quickly because I think this just goes along with everything you just said so for the people who are listening to the podcast and can't see the video right now would you please tell them what your zoom name is
1: well my zoom name is 50 and free (laughs) I love it (laughs) Yeah. So well when we had the lockdown last uh last year, or whatever, when we had the first lockdown, I had to shut down my massage business. Mm. So, um, and it gave me the kick in the butt that I needed to get into coaching as well. Right. So, and then just kind of came up with 50 and free. I love it. <laughs> it doesn't I... end at 50. It really doesn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I so I have a question for you. Um And then we'll go back to the the cancer journey. Why do you think you became lost? I I think a lot of women do. So I'm just curious, like, why do you think you became lost? I
1: think because I let everybody else run my life, Mm. be honest, right? Like, on a deeper level, I probably didn't really realize it. Like, growing up, I never followed the rules. I hated rules. But I think on a deeper thing, I didn't want on a deeper emotional level, think that I didn't want to disappoint people. And I didn't want to disappoint my parents. And I'm probably just realizing that even more now, as we're talking about it. Yeah. And and didn't put me first and didn't use my voice and put up boundaries.
0: Yeah, I love that. I resonate with it too. Um, Going back to cancer. uh, What was your worst moment during that time? My
1: worst moment? probably the fear of like really being in the hospital and going, this is real. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think because I just, I'm very similar to my mom. It's like, okay, here's a problem. Let's fix it. Let's move on. Right. The bearing it part. And I think it was just like going into the hospital and going, Holy crap, this is real. Yeah. Right. I think when I heard, when I heard that yeah, you probably have, you possibly have cancer. I think I just blocked it out to be honest right? It's like, okay, what do I got to do? Not really researching anything into it at all. I would say that for me was honestly the worst.
0: Had you ever been in the hospital before for anything serious? I mean,
1: well, I had my gallbladder out, you know, I've had a few little surgeries. Well, I guess gallbladder is not a little surgery. But again, I, I, I guess for me, I've been so good at bearing those emotions, right? So yeah. it's, Certain things are starting to heal now, but for me, it was just like, what do I need to do to move on instead of going, oh my gosh, I have cancer and making that my identity for me. Mm -hmm. So I just knew I had to make a change. I had to make a change because I don't want this to happen again. I didn't, like I said, I didn't even know what that looked like.
0: Right. Did the gallbladder happen before your cancer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always had digestive issues all my life. I've had digestive issues. So which again, it doesn't shock me uh, from what I know now. I didn't know any of this back then, right? So I'm working on that part of things, right? So on my journey of diving deeper, I'm learning it's more around self-worth yeah. is, is the whole digestion, right?
0: So Yeah, well, gallbladder, organ of resentment.
1: Yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I,
0: from personal experience, I feel like I have a soul sister here. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> my gallbladder uh, was taken out two years ago, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Mine was in my twenties.
0: Yeah. Before I ask you these other questions, I actually want to ask you about nutrition because I find that that is one of the, the hardest things for, for cancer patients is nutrition. And, um, and if they are going through chemotherapy or even radiation, um, or even immunotherapy, you know, often it affects their appetite and they don't want to eat, but of course that's the worst thing in the world, right? To, to not, you know, um, to, to not eat at all. So, and yet here in the US, nutrition often isn't part of someone's cancer journey. You know, often they aren't seen at a major cancer center where there's a nutritionist or a dietitian. And so I see a lot of people struggling with that. So for, for just sort of general population and then for cancer patients specifically, what is like, if you could only give one nutrition tip, what would you say?
1: Um, well, I'm not an expert in nutrition for cancer patients, but um, stay away. learn what foods are inflammatory and what foods are not. Like I, I don't want to bash anybody because everybody's doing whatever they believe in, but look at alternative and look at Western. I think they need to, I think they need to meet, but I would say just a little bit of research, understand what uh, foods are inflammatory. Like I I love what my friend says. She's a functional medicine practitioner. And she's like, if you can't, how does she put it? If it doesn't have a face or it doesn't come from mother earth, don't eat it. Meaning if it's meat or processed, right? Right. So really be careful of that, right? Um, unfortunately not everybody, organic food obviously would be the best, but not everybody can afford organic and right. I don't, there's so much stuff around organic food, but bottom line is just look up. I looked up what's called the dirty dozen. So what top foods are high in pesticides.
0: Oh gosh. Well, did. They tell me at least one or two. I don't know those.
1: Um, the highest are, I believe are apples and grapes. So I have certain foods yeah. that I will eat organic because I want less hopefully no spray but I want less um so your apples your strawberries now I don't know about it in the states I can only tell you here right nice. your strawberries um celery is very highly um sprayed with pesticides okay. plus some of them I actually like the taste better celery don't ask me why I noticed celery organic tastes way better than regular than, than mine. <laughs> now <laughs> I want to go try it <laughs> have, you, have to tell you, it tastes it has a weird taste. <laughs> my best moment, it's, it's a tough question, right? Like, I think my best moment was when I actually went back for my first, um, my first appointment, a year later. Okay. When I, when the blood test came back, you're fine. Mm. Right. And when they got, and, and some of the, some of the things that I had to, I can't even remember. I mean, it was so long ago, right. I had to have a lot of um, different supplements, like a higher dose of something. And honestly, I can't even remember, but some of them made me really nauseous. So I was really happy when I was finished with that and, and, you know, got my, my thyroid medication all sorted out and just started feeling normal. I want to say, I don't want to say normal because what is normal, right? But I would say actually after the first year when they said you're cancer free. So
0: did it take, I just know for me, it did, did it take a couple of years for your thyroid levels to stabilize?
1: For some reason, a year seems to ring a bell. Yeah, Yeah, I think it was about a year. And I'm probably at almost the highest dose you can take. But I feel good.
0: That's good. That's important. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that's important. What is uh, one thing, Karen, you wished you had known at the very beginning of your cancer journey, like right after you heard those words?
1: I wish... And it's an interesting question because I think about it from time to time, but I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I wish I did some research because I just jumped. I didn't even think twice about it. Mm. Right. So I wish I actually spent the time to do a little bit about, uh, uh, on research, especially for me around alternative medicine. You know, I wish I'd known about functional medicine. I wish I, you know, not, I wish, I'm going to change those words. I'm very big on, you know, being careful of the words I use because there's more to that. But, um, yeah, I would have done some research search into alternative medicine. Okay. just kind of taking my time in my decision instead of just like, okay, just get it out.
0: Well, I do want to give you some credit though, because you did take the time about the decision with radiation. I mean, you did. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That part I did. Correct. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, and and that's that's a big deal. Um, so if you could only do one thing to improve healthcare in Canada, where you are, um, what would it be and why?
1: Oh, I think East needs to meet West. <laughs> I really do. I really wish the Western medicine, you know, traditional medicine would meet up with alternative. They need to. I think it's important they work together. The naturopaths, the functional medicine. The you know um, Western medicine, you know regular doctors and stuff. I really, I really wish they would work together. I know some do, but they butt heads, and that's my biggest thing that I have an issue with. That for me, if I can educate people from what I know or point people in the right direction to the experts in functional medicine, that's what I do. But I really wish it would all just, yeah. I had a doctor who gave me hack around alternative medicine. So, really, yeah. I don't know. We can talk about. I can share a little bit or not. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, you're not,
0: you're not the first person to say this. I mean, this is definitely a common theme that's been coming up. The more the more share your stories, I do in interviews. I, I hear that more and more that people just wish they would work together. Not that one excludes the other, but work together. And I feel like. It, you know so much of that has to start in med school don't you
1: think i agree and they don't learn a lot about nutrition like i remember I saying to my doc but you know i asked my doctor about nutrition she goes care we had one class and that was it like we had like a couple hours we learned a little bit about nutrition yeah. and that was it right and and you know if, if you want i can share the short little story i don't know how much time we have about an interview that i did i'm looking for a new doctor but i want a doctor who's open to what I believe. Go
0: ahead, share the story. I, Tell no, us about it. Okay,
1: so I interviewed this doctor, right? Like I, like I said, I'm, I'm looking for a new doctor. My other doctor was germaphobic. <laughs> Lovely lady, but too germaphobic for me, right? So, and, and plus, I moved far away from her. So,
0: uh, I'm going to interrupt you for just a second because you said yeah. something really critical. You were interviewing the doctor, right? So critical, right? Yeah. You, you know, yes. you interviewed a doctor. Okay. All right, continue. Yeah, tell yeah. us
1: what happened. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, because I never thought of that before, right? Like, I would never have done that back in the day. It's like, oh, here's a doctor. Okay, take it, right? And I and I started asking, first of all, she was late. I, and I <laughs> didn't, I she was late. I didn't, you know, they said a meet and greet. So I'm assuming I go to the clinic and meet up with them, right? You know, they're like, oh, well, it's COVID. It's this, it's that. I'm like, okay, well, then tell me it's a phone and greet, right? So right there, there's something I didn't like, right? But that's okay. Keep going. Then she was like, 35 minutes late and calling me whatever and not the end of the world but it wasn't a hi how are you it was a hi I see you haven't done xyz on your health history so she started criticizing me of things I haven't done oh my god then she started asking me about the cancer but then she actually didn't let me answer she moved on to other stuff so I said well if you actually want me to answer your questions you need to pause so I can answer <laughs> right there, right there, I knew this wasn't a good match, because you actually really don't care about me, right? So then she says, Oh, well, you haven't had a mammogram or anything like that. And I said, No, I haven't. But I said, I'm choosing to go to, to, uh, it's called thermography. Um, it's, It's just less invasive. I think I'm pronouncing it right. And she goes, Oh, those things do nothing. There's no science. So she cut up that whole thing oh, it costs money. People don't need to spend money. And then she started getting into the natural past and she's going on and on. Right. So I'm like, yeah, I knew she wasn't a right fit for me. And then I just started like playing a little bit. You know, what do you think of leaky gut? What are your thoughts on this? Right. Like stuff I do know some about. And she cut it off. She didn't believe you needed to heal the body from the inside out. And, you know, and then she started defending her profession. And, and saying, oh, if you—if everybody thinks that we make money off of prescriptions, we don't. I didn't even ask, right? Like, I don't know what doctors make money off of, nor do I really actually care, right? Like that's their profession and I'm not judging them, right? right? Like everybody is doing their thing and everybody's doing what they need to do to survive, right? So anyway, I um, knew and I said to her and I said, you know what, I'm looking for a, do- I don't think we're a right fit. I'm looking for a doctor who is open to both alternative medicine and Western medicine. Mm. And she goes, no, that's not me. Okay. <laughs> so I was go. like, okay, good. So anyway, I'm putting it out to the universe. And, and uh, I have a few names that I'm going to reach out to because I, I I think you need both. I do believe you need both. Right.
0: And it is hard finding that doctor. I was very fortunate. I lived in LA most of my adult life and I moved back to the Southeast six years ago. And I was very fortunate for my primary care physician to find a good one very quickly. And, um, and he has experience in internal medicine. So he understands thyroid and all that stuff. So I was really lucky. But my first gynecologist, female, I thought I had chosen wisely. I really did, you know, did my research and everything. But when I ended up having a a uterine cyst, uh, actually outside of my uterus, the cyst, um, she dismissed it like it was nothing. Like I didn't need to do anything about it, even though it was causing me extreme pain. And it was the size of a golf ball. And I'm a pretty small person. And she just said, Oh, you're fine. You know, I, I was like, Wait, wait, no, 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 no. So I think at that point I've been with her not quite a year and I just said, Gotta find someone else. Gotta find it because she's not listening to me. And um yeah. and it ended up, you know, did find an amazing gynecologist and he took out that fibroid and in doing so discovered I had endometriosis, which I had never been told which I just assumed like everybody was miserable like I was, you know, I just, I never, you know, I mean, I think I had one gynecologist in LA one time say, I think maybe you have endometriosis, but that was it. That was the extent of the conversation. But to have this doctor do this surgery and actually see it and be able to talk about it with me and, and, and to me, and then I made decisions from there, you know, um, over the course of a couple of years about what to do, but he was great. He listened
1: Beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. that's important, right? Like you have to listen to your patient because we know our bodies. Well, I hope we know our bodies better than anybody else. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: So I mean, I think people who, who don't think they're in touch with their bodies actually know their bodies better than they, than they realize. They may not know that that, that pain that's here is linked to this, but they know they have that pain and yeah. they can describe it and they can tell you when it happens. And yeah. so much of the time, I think doctors just don't ask the right questions.
1: And I teach people, one thing I do educate people on is how our body has a language. And our that. mind says something different. <laughs> like, you know, our mind has, has a whole other language in its own.
0: Right.
1: But our body has a language. And, our, and, and I love what my holistic nutritionist had said to me. She says our body are, is smart from our neck down. Right. It knows what to do. Our body knows what to do and it does not lie. Right? Our mind is a whole other topic. <laughs> a whole other topic. It's the one that screws things up sometimes. But our body, we just, you know, I, I like to help people and educate people and teach people on how to listen to the body and how to connect ourselves to it. It's very smart. Right. Wow. Um, I love that. That's so yeah. Awesome. yeah. Our mind takes us on another journey, but yeah. then- <laughs>
0: Are you ready, Miss Fifty and Free, for the Thriver Rapid do... Fire questions? Yeah. Good. Shoot, okay. Let's go. All right. Beach, desert, or mountains? Beach. Beach boys, Beatles or Rolling Stones.
1: Uh, Beatles.
0: <laughs> what is one word that best describes you? Courageous. Before you die, what is the last song you want to hear? Happy. <laughs> by Pharrell? Is yeah, by that... Pharrell. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's a fun song. I, it is a
1: fun song, and I want
0: everybody to have a good party. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, last meal you want to eat.
1: What do I feel? The last meal I want to eat. Crab legs.
0: Love it. A uh, last person you want to see.
1: My mom. Aw. Yeah.
0: And last words you will speak.
1: Believe in yourself faster.
0: Oh, I love Self-love. that.
1: Self-love. Yeah. Really? Self love.
0: Wow. Oh, I love that. I, mm. I think it's really hard to find the right partner, romantic partner, until you really love yourself deeply.
1: I agree. This is why I've stayed single for so long because I've been working, <laughs> a lot. honestly, I've been working on that, bringing down my wall, mm. right? So, and understanding why that, where that wall came from. So, oh. but I agree. You have to love yourself, like truly love yourself to find that right to attract that right partner in yeah
0: oh uh and aside from cancer you what is one resource that you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers and please feel free to talk about yourself
1: okay well i would love to have a conversation you know i am not um an expert in like i said earlier in nutrition and cancer but i do understand how the body works to some to to a big degree i also have a lot of resources myself who are the experts in health and wellness and um but i would recommend to people do your research look into functional medicine you know look into alternative because you know there's so much information out there and just i mean you can drive yourself that's on the internet <laughs> find, find the people and just have an open mind of possibilities i think that would be the best thing i would say and and feel free to reach out to me hands down
0: I can, and I know you gave us thank thank you very much a lot of links. what is the best way for someone to reach out to you?
1: Uh, they can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm getting better and better on social media so Instagram <laughs> or Facebook uh, my website is called uh, uh, 50 spell it out 50 and so you can reach me you know learn about me there as well.
0: Karen, thank you so much for sharing thank your you. story today.
1: Thank you thank you thank you Andrea.